Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. I was about to ask if you brought a corkscrew to the table, but then I realized that was a dumb question. I, um... Have one sewn, so in, sewn into your forearm? My last girlfriend um, also asked if I brought anything to the table. And um, the answer was yes, I brought a corkscrew to the table. <laughs> He's like, I brought a corkscrew. He's like, Hi. but you're paying for the wine, I'm sorry. Hi, my name is Willows. <laughs> and my name is Tyler. And welcome back to Alcohol Beyond This Point, the podcast where we debate business topics, both sober and drunk, to see if we come to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. This is episode 78. Um, today we're drinking some more Cypress Hills wineries. Shout out Cypress Hills, they're friends of ours. Um, and they sent us some cool bottles of wine. So today you can pick, I'm not in a mead mood, so you can pick between a uh, choke cherry and a Saskatoon berry, Tyler. Hmm. Uh, let's say choke cherry. It has a boy on it. Wow. Uh, so is this similar to your Carmine Jewel? Um, well, I guess we'll find out. But, uh, so we made, we actually made a choke cherry wine, um, as a tester. Right. And we didn't like how bitter it was. Okay. Like not dry, but bitter. Um, and I think that partially was because we had uh, shitty equipment at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, fair and enough. And we, I think we... And less experience. Uh, and less experience. And we broke too many of the pits. Oh, I think okay, that was yeah. that was a problem. Now I have much more delicate, equi- delicate equipment that wouldn't do that. But actually that was the base for our first sangria ever. Oh, right. That one that tasted like cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah like wood, like taking a bite out of a log. Or wood, yeah, wood. Um, but I, that's actually a good piece of business advice right leading in is that we had a product that we didn't feel confident selling, so we just diluted it with fruit juice and made it into a sangria and actually made more money per liter. So you're saying if I fuck up a tile install, I should just dump fruit juice everywhere and then no one will notice. Or like, I don't know, make it like... Um, or charge a premium. Make it like, no, no, this is avant-garde. Like it's uh, uh-huh. put like wings on it or something and like, Perfect. oh, this is uh, this is the style now. This is art. Yeah. So that um, I made a rare, like genuine good size fuck up the other day. Uh, and like rare. Well, I mean, I make a lot of like little mistakes of like, obviously, you know, I'll, you know, cut something, install something wrong or we'll make like some some little mistake. This was like a stop what you're doing, get the jackhammer, fucking redo a whole section kind of mistake. I, I built a shower too big. Okay. Uh, and I just kind of jokingly said to the homeowner, I'm like, I've never had this complaint before where they're like, oh, my shower is too large. Can you make it smaller? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, insert phallic joke here. And it was, uh, yeah, it fucking sucked. And I was training a new guy. It was the second day coming in so he's coming in like super cold he's like still doesn't really know me well um and he's pretty nervous so he comes in and first thing that happens in the morning is like uh you guys fucked up this needs <laughs> this needs to be this needs to be fixed and he's looking at it because it like it looks it's it's a finished product he's like holy shit this is gonna take days to fix it ended up being like three hours and i had it back to whatever i had fixed it did some surgery and made it made it look okay again and it was like it was a really kind of oh shit moment it's like it's got to be one of my least favorite parts about the job which is why i never really i don't make a lot of mistakes like that because some, <laughs> wow. some people are like you know some people i don't know are just constantly kind of in this cycle and i'm not trying to be arrogant here i mean like i know i could name a couple of builders which i won't that are like 
or companies that got into building that it's gone so poorly for them that they're literally like Ponzi scheming their way through the business because they're waste they're spending tons of money rebuilding and fixing things that they just finished and they got to get the next contract to pay for the warranty of the last one they just fucked up and then they fuck up the next one too and then the next one and the next one and it's like and they're just like in this cycle of shit and they never improve like it's unbelievable how many people just live like that and it blows my mind like we're talking like mistakes to the tune of two hundred thousand dollar mistakes it's like i don't know how you just eat that and not fundamentally change everything like if i got something like that i would sit down and like reevaluate if i got like you know a hundred thousand dollar mistake that i had to eat i had a two hundred thousand dollar mistake you had a two hundred thousand dollar opportunity no i had a two hundred thousand dollar mistake i uh had a few too many drinks and I didn't pull out and uh oh that one what is the that moment one. of conception which is usually a few seconds after the husband sa- says um sorry I was going to pull out honey but the phone rang and it startled me <laughs> <laughs> Where's that from George Carlin I was going to say that sounds like George Carlin <laughs> um, <laughs> honey the phone rang and it startled me cuz he's talking about like abortion Oh yeah, yeah. The, the oh moment right. Of, he's like, that's the moment of conception. A few yeah. moments after, um, or the uh, what about all those uh, sperm cells that uh, that are wasted when a one of these pro life guys watches a execution and jizzes in his pants, <laughs> sprays a bunch of Vinnies and Debbies everywhere. <laughs> um, anyway, I um, that would have been oh, a good bring him back. That would yeah, I would love to bring him back. Um, I would Carlin that, for president. Carlin for president. Um, that would have been a great transition, and if I didn't like change it with like inappropriate jokes and just got off topic, but um, to the tune of two hundred thousand dollars is what I just spent today. Wow. Um, how much have you spent today? <laughs> yeah, you the listener. You the listener. So I I just took a loan to buy a piece of equipment that is $200,000 and um, that's four times larger than the entire loans I took to start the business in the first place. Significant. So literally as soon as my balance sheet is positive, this is the first year I've ever had a positive balance sheet. I immediately fill it with you debt. Tank, tank it, yeah. <laughs> Which tank I, it with debt. I mean, not a bad thing. That's how business works. Yeah. Business, baby, especially manufacturing. I got to keep expand or die, right? Yeah. But uh, we've been outsourcing our uh, canning. So I have a few um, canned products. We've drank them on this uh, podcast many to, many a time. But I have a couple canned um, coolers and stuff like vodka sodas and whatnot. And uh, we've been outsourcing that canning for the longest time. And uh, the guy who we're outsourcing it to just can't keep up anymore. Like, And he has other people he cans for. And it's literally like it's, her, it's tens of thousands of dollars a month that the stores are trying to buy for me that I just can't get in cans. Yeah, that's hell expensive. So it's like me not having enough staff. Yeah, and I'm getting like taken off shelves because yeah. I can't supply enough, and like yeah. so it's becoming a problem. And um, so I bought uh, my own canning line to to do that. So it's about hundred fifty thousand dollars for the canning line, and then I gotta buy a coutrement, I gotta buy some some tanks and a chiller and stuff to to go with it. But uh, all said and done, I loaned two hundred thousand dollars. So pitch to me, um, obviously upside, you know, lost lost revenue well lost opportunity cost let's just start off by yeah. saying i don't know how the fuck i got this loan yeah well i mean it was bdc business development bank of canada and if you're american um well you probably wish you had it also actually your banking is probably just you just have more options 
So, so you. Oh yeah, no, I was you, saying you nailed the loan. I don't know how the fuck I got this loan. So I um my personal. So I reached out to my personal bank first to get the loan, because. My personal bank has been like pretty good to me recently. Like I think mm -hmm. we were talking about this. Like, they offered me like a, what was it? Like $50,000 line of credit for like no reason. Like they reached out to me and everything. And like, yeah. so they've been giving me a lot of stuff recently. Uh, like just upping my credit card, giving me this line of credit, all this. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right. So I started the process with them to try and get the canning line. And they're just like, at the end of going back and forth and credit, whatever, they're just like, nah, <laughs> like no. And then I'm like, okay, we're showing a profit. Like, what's the problem here? Even if I personally guarantee it, they're like, you're just not making enough money. It's like, okay. So, and then we went through two leasing companies who also denied it. Well, kind of like, kind of dig up. We got denied by all their like primary, like A lenders. Yeah. So they went to their B and C lenders and then Which we got sucks. some hits, but it's like, yeah, it's like 15% interest or 20% yeah. interest or whatever. Right. Oh, you'll get approved eventually. <laughs> yeah. You just keep lowering your, your, uh, your your standards and you'll get approved eventually by somebody. Um, but yeah, so we got approved, but it's, it's an asset backed line. Like it's a credit line that's asset backed. So basically they'll only, like you have to send them an invoice for what you're buying. Yeah. They pay for it themselves basically. So the money actually never goes to you yeah. and then they own it yeah. until you pay it off, pay off the entire loan. They can just take it back if you default or whatever. So right. it's less, much less risky for them. Yeah, and doesn't make any functional difference for you. No, exactly, because I still get the piece of equipment. And, like, ironically, if the world is going to shit, like, riots and stuff break out and whatever, I'm gonna, like, money doesn't actually exist. It's all paper, right? Or it's all fucking digits on a screen. Like, this money, they're going to be 200 grand. doesn't fucking exist. Yeah. But I can bootleg with a canning line. Absolutely. In a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> but Certainly. And the, just like, just move the canning line they were, they would never find it. Exactly. Fuck them. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? Right. So L listen to this podcast and then. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, I have it, no intention it... of doing that unless the world economy collapses BDC. <laughs> yeah. Including. Yeah. That means you BDC. Uh, so let's say, let's talk uh, risk factors, contingencies. Cause obviously the bank asks you about this. Did you, uh, did you pitch to them the idea of like, um, if your business, isn't isn't successful enough to carry the cost of this equipment do you have plan b no yep. i didn't even have to interesting they um but i i they they did ask like how much because i explained like i'm losing revenue and the revenue i'm and this wasn't even me embellishing the revenue i'm losing for because i can't get products to market fast enough yeah is more than the payments than the right. monthly payments because it's about four grand a month in monthly payments to pay off the loan and you're losing 10. About 10, yeah. Yeah, so... Just in uh, lost products for what we're doing right now, never mind... Um, what you'd be able to do. I have so... You've been, I, holding on, you've been holding off on products that I've been bugging you to make for fucking forever, stuff you've been wanting to make forever, and you just don't even have it started because well, you can't. I, I've had the recipe, and I've had... I've had we, we wanted to do a canned sangria. I've had it half made for 11 months yeah. in, in the totes, waiting but I can't. But every time this guy has free space to can, I have to can one of my one of my seltzers because they're sold out. Yeah, and those are priority because they're listed with the liquor store. You don't want to get delisted. And I got to keep them keep the supply. So I have a bunch. I want to do canned cider. I want to do canned wine. Like all this shit, I want to do. I can't. 
So I'm losing 10 grand a month just on lost opportunity, not to like of current products, never mind the 50 products I could possibly make. So you can now become the canned wine people. Like, well, so there's... here's the thing is this it, it, the cans, maybe not for wine, but canned products for cider and coolers and et cetera. That's where the market's going. Has to be. Yeah. That's where like I study the market trends. That's where, um, five years ago, uh, over 80% of beers. No. Okay. Maybe 10 years, not eight years ago, over 80% of beer sold in liquor stores here in Manitoba were six pack glass bottles. Right. Um, now it's 90% cans. tall boy cans. Yeah. Yeah. And like, the, like the, this, this tall boy or skinny tall boy? No, no, this, um, okay. 473 mil cans. Sorry. Yeah. Tall boys is, is, uh, 710, I think. But, um, and that's even shifting now. Uh, it's going to variety packs now. Right. The, mm. the market's shifted. Interesting. Um, like, which, which is what you've been trying to do. And for instance, uh, my, my friends have a brewery here. And they um, they sell in Saskatchewan as well as here, and their single cans are their highest seller by far here. They go to Saskatchewan, can't sell a single single can, or not mm. a single, but like they can't sell a lot. So they start asking their distributors, like, "Oh, why aren't we selling well?" And they're like, "Wait, you just have a single can? You don't have a four pack?" And they're like, "Uh, no." And they're like, "Do a four pack." Did a four pack? I increased their sales five hundred times, hmm. because Saskatchewan likes four packs apparently. I love, <laughs> yeah. But four I, packs yeah. don't sell here. The, uh, people have tried it; they don't. People will gravitate towards the six or the eight. Yeah. Um, but four packs don't sell. But Saskatchewan, four packs are over fifty percent of their bear sales. So weird. Uh, who the fuck knows? I've but, never, I've never thought about even buying a four pack. That's no, you wouldn't. No, right? I wouldn't. So I buy like just singles, pretty much. Usually, because I like to get a bunch of different stuff. But yeah, no, it's uh, analyzing trends. Like that is really, really important for your business, I think. Yeah. Because and, they change constantly. And like I said, hyper-local. Yeah, hyper-local. What I'm saying is is just an example. It's going to be different for your locality. It's going to be different for your industry, obviously. But those trends will change constantly. So are you able to do different sizes of cans or just one? Different sizes. Uh, height doesn't matter. Width is hard okay. with the canning line. So I can do 355s regular size cans okay. 473s and 710s all with the same top right okay yeah that makes I sense i can't do the skinny cans hmm. which that's... is i which is unfortunate because that's what wine yeah, is usually I was canned say in that, is those skinny yeah. cans yeah um because i can't actually put wine in a 473 by law right remember it it has too, to be too large of a serving 200 mils uh what is it 200 500 750 uh, 1.14, hmm. uh, 13, 15, 3000 milliliters is what I'm saying. Yeah. They're defined milliliter counts of what I can put something. You can't put something in a weird bottle. Interesting. Yeah. That, just that, in this province. Okay. That's... Oh, actually, no, I think that might be a federal thing, but it's just, that kind of sucks. Yeah. It's kind of weird. So the wine cans are 500s. I think so. Huh. Or no, you typically or, small. Right, Two, no. 200, 300, I think. Okay, right. Yeah, 500 would be too big. <laughs> yeah. Huh, crazy. Because 500 is a pint, and a pint of wine is like a fair amount of wine. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Could you pour me a pint of wine? It's like, no. <laughs> Which is funny because it's like, you go, you can get like imperial stouts that are 13%. Yeah. In a pint, and that's fine. Well, <laughs> you might be on your ass. <laughs> no, but you can buy them. Mm -hmm. But like, I legally can't serve it like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. 
just it's strange, but whatever. I love regulation. True. So, uh, back to your uh, plan plan B situation, yeah. or or at least um, so functionally, you guys you guys don't really do night shifts, or we don't really like, do what or night shifts or graveyard shifts, right? Like what some you you'll work late, but you won't have like a graveyard shift of like midnight till eight in the morning canning not anymore no we used to you what? were you were there <laughs> yeah that was, that was out of necessity no limitations of equipment and so on but yeah, like not anymore no so presumably you could be leasing this equipment or not leasing but uh contracting yeah. this equipment out to other companies and be like you know what if you come here 12 till 8 a.m and they just they don't mind because they do it we know once a month or whatever yeah. uh you could actually fill up a full 24 hour day and potentially make a shitload of money with this canning line yeah, yeah. So that's something um, we've been talking about is is a lot of the breweries in this province don't have their own locations. They just make beer at another place. Yeah. I don't know if that's common other places. Maybe it is, but um, they contract brew, it's called. So you make beer and you can at a, at a, at a different place, right? And, um, but we're not a brewery, so I don't have like a mash ton and stuff. Like I'm not set up for people making beer in my place. Yeah. But I think the niche, and I'm going to have to do more research, but I think the niche here that hasn't been touched is uh, non-alcoholic beverages. Right. That's what I think because I do a lot of farmer's markets, especially in the summer. And I talk to all these people, right? And I remember when I would put, when I first got my cans done and I put them on my table over the couple of weeks where I first had them, I had people that owned a, a tea company come up and they're like, do you can your own shit? Do you have a canning line we can use? Like all this shit, whatever, because they had, because they want to make an iced tea in a can. But the people that all the breweries, all all the people in this province that have their own canning lines are liquor manufacturers, and all the liquor man or Coca Cola, yeah, who is tells them to fuck off. But all the small people that would work with them, uh, their cans on their canning lines only work with uh, carbon dioxide. So if you want a uh, iced tea that's not carbed, yeah, in a can then the, you have no other option. You need to nitrogen fill it. You need to nitrogen fill it, and nobody has a nitrogen filler, but guess what I need to buy for my wine? A nitrogen doser. Sweet. So I think that's a niche. Uh, kombucha as I well. Love, I love dosing. <laughs> True. Um, kombucha as well. There's a bunch of local companies that would that I think there's people that want to put it in cans that can't. Yep. Or if they do, they're using like a tabletop unit that's like way too much labor than what it's worth. So do you think there's reasonable volume in that market? I don't know. I'm going to have to, like, I'm getting it no matter what, right? Yeah. But also define reasonable volume. If I'm paying $4,000 a month like, for this thing. Could you could you net that out? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, that's like every batch I do canning, I'm paying him five, six Gs. Right. Right. Like you don't have, like I pay my canning guy 40 grand a month to can fucking shit. Like it's not, Yeah. you know, it, yeah. the amount you, you ha realistically have to can to make, cause I think he charges like. 30 cents a can or something like that. So it's like plus surcharge for whatever, you know, whatever. I think it ends up being like a buck a can. Um, no, I'm surely it's lower than that. Maybe it is like 30 cents a can, but whatever. Okay. Do that math. Like you don't need to do a ton of cans to pay off four grand a month. Right. In theory. <laughs> I was going to say, I was about to do that math, but I'm not going to embarrass myself. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of cans. Uh, yeah. That's, that sounds... Well, realistically, though, it's not that many cans. No, it. I mean, 
When I say that's a lot of cans, I mean is, and that's going to be impressive seeing all those cans fly down the line. But yeah, it's, it could potentially come from one company. Yeah. Like we were talking one before, like a you know a, a kombucha company that has got pretty good name recognition. I mean, I know that like the fucking delivery vehicle, the sp- the Sprinter van that they have is not you know that's like a thousand dollars a month that they're booting on that. So obviously they're yeah. moving some product. Yeah, I um, yeah, we were talking about it off camera. I can't remember if it's them or another company that uses that the tabletop canner. But I know one of them does. I've talked to the at the markets, and that's just like so much fucking labor. Yeah. So unless the owners are doing it themselves, they're they're it's well either working. they're hating their lives, yeah, or uh, they're eating a ton of labor cost. Yeah, and there is a couple other people that have little canning lines. Like, uh, there's a coffee place here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's so that that's one opportunity. There's also like, um, I don't know. I I I think the amount of products that I have in my brain that I want to make. Well, here, okay. Here's another good one actually. So, I do this one farmers market, and one of their and they're rather big. Mm-hmm. They're the biggest one in the province, in fact. But one of their rules is that you can't sell anything that you don't personally make yourself. Right. So, like, I can't even sell my merch. I can't sell my my toques and my hoodies and my shirts and my corkscrews because I didn't personally manufacture that thing. Right. Even though it's my brand, doesn't matter. So that's one of their rules. So have you ever walked... Which is a good rule. Okay. But have you ever walked up to a food truck and you go, yeah, I throw on a Pepsi too. And they're like, sorry, I can't sell you a Pepsi. So that's what all the food trucks at this farmer's market can't sell bottles of water. They didn't manufacture the water. Interesting. They can't sell fucking soda. They can't sell sell a cup of water. I don't know. You pour that cup. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) It's like who made water? Hmm? Yeah. Well, it's like, you don't, anyway, but they can't sell soda. Yeah. Right. And I was beside one of them, um, last Saturday and people kept, buying hot dogs and being like, can I get a drink too? Can I get a drink? Can I get it? And they're like, no, sorry. I was thinking about it. What if we make a soda? Yeah. Right. And sell it right next to the food truck can or the, sell it to the food no, truck with the food truck yeah. collab. Yeah. We put there, we fucking, you know, it there, maybe it's called Tyler food truck. So we go Tyler, a cola. Yeah. And make it just taste like Coca-Cola. Yeah. Fucking put it, can it, put labels on it because I have the machine they can now sell it at the market huh yeah so how difficult do you think it would be to get like a cane cola Coca-Cola not a like product probably not not hard hard, yeah not hard Um, I don't know what the law is can you just buy because so I buy coke syrup can you just buy coke syrup make coke and sell it with a different brand? With a different brand. Surely not, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Do they give a shit? It's pro- they probably just care about the name. They probably don't care about the syrup. Yeah. Like, can I use the syrup as an ingredient? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, probably. I mean, it's a question to ask my lawyer, maybe. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, maybe try it and see what happens. I occasionally ask my lawyer stupid questions, and before he responds to the email, he's like, he'll, he'll like respond to the email for free. But there's been a key. He's like, okay, guys, like I have to look this up. And as soon as I start working, it's a hundred bucks an hour. So like, do you want to ask a hundred dollar? Yeah. Question? And he's like, do you want to ask? Are you sure you want the answer to this question? And yeah. I have to be like, yes or no. Um, and I get his legacy rates, which is awesome. He's promoted now. Yeah. So now he's like 300 bucks an hour, but I still get like $150 an hour. Cause he's Perfect. like helping us. Um, 
but his boss is like a thousand dollars an hour. Right. And um when like a we, senior partner. We got recommended his boss when we were going through Futurepreneur to get our loans. They're like, Oh, we have lawyers that we work with. Here's one of them. So we talked to him for like three minutes. <laughs> he was like, Yeah, uh, you guys sound pretty small. <laughs> I'm gonna Here's my uh, my one of my junior associates. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and I never seen him since. So. That's fair. That's yeah. probably that's smart of him. I mean, he yeah. knows what his time is worth, literally. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, not gonna work. Yeah, and now I've been working with my lawyer, like his junior associate, who's now like a actual associate or whatever. Like, he's been promoted. Um, working with him for the last six years, and he's been great. So, good enough. But perfect. Uh, but yeah, so like. Because soda, so here's actually a fun fact. Some of the largest soda manufacturers in America were breweries before Prohibition. Right. Prohibition happened. They switched to making soda during Prohibition, made more money than the beer, never switched back. Right. Um, Because it's exactly the same equipment to make a beer and to make a soda. Literally identical. You go in a Coca-Cola bottling place, it looks like a brewery. It's identical, hmm. the same. Um, Minus a mash ton. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, that's just adding more equipment. But like the the actual vats that you ferment, because I think a lot of sodas, big sodas are fermented, like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the 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 fermenters, the the carbing, the the glycol chilling, the canning, it's all the same equipment. Interesting. So I make a soda. Okay, so scrap the farmer's market plan. Just make a soda and sell I make a soda company? Yeah. It makes more money than the wine. Dude, honestly, (laughs) you talked about making the spicy honey dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you make some some crackhead soda and get your genius marketing friend to help you. I like crackhead soda. That's my nickname in high school. (laughs) Crackhead soda. It's like, it's got way more caffeine and sugar than the other guys. (laughs) Makes your teeth float when you take a sip. (laughs) Uh, But it's, the joke is it's actually sugar free. Wait, as I pour this (laughs) shot, we're going to transition here into shot collar. The part of the, uh, the part of the audience where you, the show can pick the shot that we take. Um, do you want St. Lucia or Niagara Falls? <laughs> uh, Lucia looks like my type of lady. Okay. That was my nickname in... <laughs> when Lucia? I was, when I was traveling the seven seas. This looks like a gigantic shot. No, it's the same. Is, is it? It's just... well, I'm, I'm sure the volume is the same, but it looks huge. Is it, what, two ounces? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe 2.5. <laughs> okay, I'll give you less. That is a huge shot. Yeah, shot glasses are uh, amazing, uh, amazing examples of like packaging presentation. Like, you can have something that looks massive, but it's just two ounces. Tyler just did the thing where you show a kid a tall glass and a, and a short, wide glass, and you say which one carries more, and he says this one. You pour it in, it's the same, and then he still thinks it's the. Yeah. Um. So today, today on Shock Hall, we're taking the Forager Botanical Whiskey. It's a whiskey that's been actually aged in gin botanicals. We've had it before, but uh, not recently. I'm um, getting to the bottom of my uh, my uh, my liquor cabinet here, so we're we're pulling the weird ones. Uh, you know, what I just learned from reading the back. This mm. is made by Forty Creek. Oh, I didn't even know that. 
Well, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you, Forty Creek, for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> that one kind of hurt. <laughs> that is not a shooting whiskey. Woo! It was a really large Ooh. shot for I what that was. It. Um, this is also 14% alcohol, I just realized. Yeah, that was like, that felt like a really big shot. That felt like a sipping whiskey that I just gulped. It was a sipping whiskey that we just gulped. We've taken shots of this before, I think. I know, but I don't think they were two-ounce shots. Whatever. Uh, fun fact, the standard um, shot amount in most American bars is one ounce, and the standard shot amount in most Canadian bars is 1.5 ounces. Yeah, because we're no bitch-ass Americans. <clears throat> One of my favorite stories, which is completely anecdotal and probably not true. So, completely anecdotal story, uh, but I, I want to believe it's true. Uh, it was like an American frat party uh, where they were like having drinking contests between different frats. And uh, it was like a beer Olympics. And they were just going fucking crazy. And, you know, they all, you know, they're reigning champs. They got their, their rivalries. And, the, and these fucking Canadians come through. I know there's uh, this, I'm describing a scene in a movie as well, but I've also heard a different story. And these fucking Canadians come in, and they join this uh, this American drinking league, and these guys are pounding beers and just whatever, thumping their chest, having a great time. And the Canadians take their first sip of beer, and they're like, oh, this is like, this is like light beer, like light, light beer, like two two three percent beer and they're like we've been doing these games with fucking four percent beer five percent beer so they start playing this fucking game and they just wipe the floor with everybody because their alcohol tolerance is so fucking high because they're like taking shots 50 percent larger and they're drinking beer that's twice as strong and i'm like yeah that's probably that's so, probably true because when i was down in the states it was like yeah most of the beer is fucking water no i think i um because they don't actually have to put their alcohol percentage on the cans no they do so I'll address that in a second. So I, I actually got corrected over because I used to think that American beer was less alcohol than Canadian beer. I thought that was a thing. It's not. It's just certain states have like a law overselling a certain amount of alcohol at a certain time of day or something. Sure. So to get around that, they have like 3% Budweiser. Right. Or so, something weird. Which I think is um, like considered like the frat beer but apparently it's not common i, I that was a misconception though no, and also what you're thinking about the alcohol um not on the label they they put the alcohol on the label but it's not prominent uh, no, no no it's not alcohol per absolute volume right it's like well they do some some places do proof which is different proof is just double alcohol which is annoying so if you say it's 20 proof it's 40 percent. 40 proof is 80 percent I thought it was the other way around. No. No, proof is double alcohol. What the alcohol... So the absolute... Yeah, proof al is double. So if it's 100 proof, it's 50%. Yes, yeah, sorry. What did I say? Did I say <laughs> the, the other opposite? way around. Okay, no, no, no. That's what I meant. Yeah, so it, yeah, if you have a 80 proof whiskey, it's it's 40% yeah. per absolute alcohol. Um, they can... I think they can mark it by like weight or something. It's like the weight of the liquid versus the alcohol. There's like... There's some I, I had to go all through this when I was first designing my labels and like reading about the what you have to do and it's like do not do it like this and I'm like who does it like that and I Google it it's like oh America does it like that 
Interesting. Or you can. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just remember going down to like North Dakota and down the, to Georgia. Down to Georgia. Uh, the the cans are totally different. Yeah, America. Like you, just... you don't like here. You see like a prominent like how many, what what percentage is this beer? Yeah. And it was it was not it was not obvious at least. Yeah. There's um, there's a few things that you legally so. What what they dis- uh it's um, I forget, fuck that whiskey's hitting me. I uh, <laughs> yeah. my mind is fucking blank. There, oh, fuck. There's a word for it, and I could any other day I could get you it. But your label, it's like prominent view or something. That's not it, but it's close. Um, Priority. What you can see on the label without yeah. turning it physically. Yeah, which I'm currently looking at yeah. a Canadian beer, and without turning it, I see Steamworks Heroic Red Ale 5.6 beer, 473 so, mil. All you need to put is uh, what it is, who made it, um, the alcohol percentage, and the size of the container. And maybe what it is. It says that's, beer. That's why I started. What it is, oh, who made yeah. it, um, the alcohol percentage and the size of the container. Those are the four things you need to put on alcohol without having to turn the label. Which it needs is to be fair. In the, in the prominent field of view prominent. on the front yeah. of the label without turning it. Those four things. I want to know the nutrition information, Willows. Alcohol is exempt from nutrition information. Why? Because a uh, strong alcohol lobby, I guess. <laughs> Also, if you're drinking alcohol, uh, in, you probably don't need to uh, know about how healthy in, it is. Unless it's a non-standardized alcohol, then you have to put the ingredients. Or, in another case... If you if make you, a health claim. If you ever make a claim on the label. So for my vodka sodas, I make the claim zero carbs, zero sugar on the front. And if I want to make that claim, then you have to include the entire um, table... Because I was gonna prevent yeah, you I should, from I shouldn't have said sugar... health claim because health claim is completely erroneous. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, I mean, this this cider will make you better. Well, so funny you say that. I actually um, wanted to put because my, a bottle of my apple cider is six hundred percent your daily vitamin C. Yeah, um, and I wanted to put that on the label as a <laughs> like mostly as a joke. Yeah, and I actually and got like... a CFIA flagged it. Oh no! <laughs> and was like, no, 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 no. Anything That's with so alcohol, funny. even because it is true. It's, a bottle of my apple cider, Shrugging Doctor branded apple cider. You can buy at shrug.com, s h r u g d o c dot com. We ship everywhere in Canada. Free shipping over twelve bottles. Um, a bottle of that cider is six hundred percent your daily vitamin C. That's 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 a fact. <laughs> they can't they can't have motherfuckers out there buying cider for the vitamin C. No, so they said you can't. Because remember, the laws are written for the dumbest 10% of people. Sure. And, well, I mean... Which is 90% of people, I I was going to say, yeah. So, That's at least half. But a dumb person might read that and say, oh, this is good for me. Right. And then drink a bunch and die. Mm, health beer. Um, yeah. So you can't, you can't <laughs> say anything. So you release a really shitty beer. It's just called health beer. <laughs> Do you think You think you would get flagged for that? Maybe just your brand name, like your incorporation, your brand, your entire thing is health. Yeah. So here's the thing: is you can't like, just you can't. I used to make this joke, like you can't just make your brand name something that's like you know you can't make your brand whiskey, right? And then have an unaged whiskey and be like, yeah, that's just the brand name. It's not actually a whiskey. You can't do shit like that. Yeah. Because it's. Uh, a lot of <laughs> who's going to tell me no? It's like, well, here's the agency, the, the that Canadian who's... Food Inspection Agency. Yeah. But to be to, I don't like to give them a lot of credit. Actually, 
I don't really have a beef with them. I think they're pretty good, actually. <laughs> okay, whatever. But it's, it's probably CFIA good. Um, as far as a lot of people don't die every year mo- because of them. Most of them are. Um, most of the rules are case by case. Yeah, they don't have like it's just like use your better judgment. Right. And if you read the act, a lot of it is like, would a, um, what's the word they use? I don't think it's average, but it's like would reasonable. a. Would a reasonable that, thank you is yeah. a reasonable interpretation would a, of would a reasonable person yeah. in their right mind interpret this a certain way yeah and if you could make I the love argument law. yeah and if they can make the argument that you, they would because I don't have to put an ingredient list on my wine because if they read the word wine a reasonable person would assume that the wine is fermented grapes or fruit yeah and that's that so that it's it's called a trade name because a reasonable person would assume what it is right but if you make some weird fucking i don't want to call anybody out but there's someone in the province that makes us um a spirit out of wheat much like a whiskey but it's unaged so they call it an oaked wheat spirit weird um, you have to put that's an unstandardized alcohol because no one knows what the fuck that is. Yeah. But um but whiskey has very specific rules. Right. To call something Canadian whiskey on the label needs to be a hundred percent uh Canadian grain. It needs to be aged at a minimum of three years in small oak. Small being under four hundred liters, I believe. So it needs to be put in a small oak barrel for at least a minimum of three years from a hundred percent um Canadian grain distilled between, I think, 30 and 60% finished product or something. Um, there's like stringent rules. Yeah. But if you hit all those rules, then you can call it a whiskey and have no other explanation. Right. This is just a whiskey. Because people know what that is. You don't is. have to have a list of ingredients. You don't have to have an explanation because a reasonable person knows what that is. But there's a distillery here. Um, love the guy, but. He's made some questionable decisions before. Uh, he had a he had a uh, and will again. He distilled a um, brown sugar spirit, so like a rum, okay, but didn't age it, and just called it a rumb with a B at the end. Huh. Um. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> like, Did he get flagged? Uh, I I know. I think there was a problem. Yeah, <laughs> a rumb. <laughs> But because you one could make the argument that you're trying to mislead the consumer. Yes, absolutely. That rough, you're trying to shortcut. Well, even, that's an um, that's an that's an obvious shortcut of the system. Here's a great example in America right now. Uh, a lot of uh, Beyond Meat is right. getting shut down. They can't call it a burger anymore, or a right. steak, or a whatever. Right, it's misleading. You, you can't call it a uh, fake veggie burger. Or, do you, you remember? You, you can't call it like a something meat. You know what I'm talking because about because it's right? not meat whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, because so they they got shut down in a few states for saying like, I think it was steak. I think that they have like a fake steak, right? And they were calling it like Beyond Steak, and they're like, you can't use the word steak, yeah, because someone would assume that it's steak, that it's meat, an excellent steak. Yeah, that's like my first yeah thought. If is, you didn't know, if, what if I didn't know the context, yeah. and I heard Beyond Steak, I'd be like. Wow, that must be a really good fucking steak. But like veggie burgers have been a thing, right? So I don't know. It's yeah, it's mi- but, misleading. But you, like... but you know what I'm saying? T- that was a recent thing that just happened. Okay, where yeah, they, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there there's gonna be the that's gonna be the meat lobby, in effect, right? Oh uh, yeah. So that I don't know. Do you have anywhere to go with that? One more thing. I was talking about the uh, 
the reason why, well, probably the reason why you don't have to calorie counts on alcohol is because of the strong alcohol lobby. Right. The other thing I was talking about this week actually was, um, if you live in America, which 70% of our audience apparently does. So hi from, from your neighbors to the North. Um, if you live in American or Canada, these are the two only places in the world that drinking wine is like feminine. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how and and so, can, like cans of wine are slender and pink. And because Canada, it's only because we're we're so influenced by America. Yeah. But in America, I literally or the, I or I'm, the tail that wags the dog. I'm at farmers markets and I'm selling wine and I'll get men like you know tattooed like muscle shirt men walk up and they're like oh you got alcohol bro and i'll be like yeah we're selling locally made wine and they go wine you know how many beer no okay no never mind i don't want any and they walk away that happens all the time yeah or like girlfriend will bring um because we have a little wine bar so girlfriend will bring the the boyfriend and he'll like want to drink nothing like he'll like oh you don't have any beer on the menu like no or a winery like whatever right when did 13 to percent wine become pussy and Compared a to 4 percent budweiser is manly is manly yeah and so i was talking about this with somebody one of my friends they love their bitch and calories i guess no you know what it is it's the fucking budweiser it's branding it's yeah. their lobby yeah they Fair literally enough. because in europe it's not like that like wine right. has a such a rich history. Like men like love wine, right? I and mean, if you go to like even to, uh, I mean, currently not with the Islamic State, but you go to an Arabic country, it's like wine was like next to food and water. Yeah, well, same it with just Europe. Is. Like you know, like it's ubiquitous France and Italy, especially like what's in Italy? There's a there's a fountain that just sprays wine for free. No, no it, yeah, it's it's like a tap. It's yeah. like a, it's like a yeah. town tap. You can just like pour yourself a glass and uh, bring, bring your own cup. Yeah, wine. Like you would never call someone feminine for drinking wine. No, in 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 Europe, but here you do. And I was thinking about it, and it's the power of the fucking Budweiser lobby being yeah. like, you don't want those fruit drinks, do you? You fucking pussy. What are you fucking sucking dick? You're gonna drink wine. No, you are men. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna fuck pussy and drink beer. Quote Budweiser. <laughs> Quote, literally, I, like I watched this a commercial. I think it was on PBS. Yeah. Uh, that exact quote I just said. Perfect. I love it. I want to <laughs> see it. I like that commercial. I think we should run a political campaign on this. Um. So I was. I had yeah. a. <laughs> that was, yeah. Okay. I I I just I just segue you a segue because I got to do my political plug. Uh, everybody fucking knows this because it's been in the news, but here's a much lesser, uh, lesser known. We got 52 minutes just talking about business this time on That's the fantastic. on the business podcast. Very good. I, I think this say. might be a record. That might be a record. Yeah. Uh, so this is business related though, because uh, it's about uh, basically the executive uh, executive branch or basically like federal power, uh, which I think is interesting that um, it's currently hap- Like you don't usually see. Of federal institution restricting federal institutional power but I think it's a part one so I think basically what's happening is the executive or not the executive branches but like the uh, the types of organizations or federal branches of government that do basic everyday types of regulation that make life livable that people like oh if you if you're an anarchist what are you gonna do about you know the, the highways about the food the whatever so like you're 
your highway administrations and associations like, you know, the Department of Transport, your FDA, your... Do you know that states only get funding from the Department of Transport if they keep their uh, um, alcohol age 21? Incredible. That's... Google that. I love laws. If any state is allowed to lower their drinking age to 18 or lower, uh, but if they do, they lose federal highway funding. That makes sense. I'm not familiar with why... <laughs> uh, but that a... that is the checks and balance to keep it 21 is they lose their highway funding that's incredible just yeah, yeah that's it, a fun fact that, that's a that's a that's a right pinky left foot kind of problem no idea 21 yeah it's like oh you're you you broke your right pinky we're gonna chop off your left foot you can be halfway that. through college before you can drink i don't understand yeah. it's it's weird but it makes a club school because there's no kids yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never clubbed in America. And everyone have. there has more money, so everything's better. Yeah. Last time I was in America, I was 20. Yeah. So. The clubs are better. I'll say that. Um, so the there's a Supreme Court decision that came down that's probably a lot less recognized than all the other ones. There's Roe v. Wade. There's all these others that came down in a very short period of time. But one of them that's a lot less uh, thought about or recognized recognized as revolutionary is one that was against the the epa yeah i saw this yeah so if you care about you know anything and you I know don't. existing i don't care about existing so the nihilists are rejoicing can, can turn off the podcast at this point <laughs> thanks for listening nihilists also uh, we'll why see you next week also why the fuck are you listening anyways this is a business podcast if you're a nihilist you should just fuck off anyways i love you Keep listening. Give us money. The uh, joke of uh, <laughs> Tyler hates the audience, but apparently he loves the nihilist audience. I'll, if you're a, if you're a nihilist, you're not listening. To Are these people going to hurt us, Walter? No, Donnie, they're nihilists. <laughs> that's a pretty. Yeah, that's that's a, not. That's not a deep reference. That's a, that's a direct quote from the Secretary of State. Most people got that one. Oh, also, objectively not true because they kind of overthrew the czarist era of Russia. So. Anyways, you, are you following what's happening in the Netherlands right now? Uh, not really. So these, um, the their EPA mm-hmm. tightened nitrogen. Um, like you can't release this amount of nitrogen anymore. Right. Um, farmers in the tens of thousands are like protesting on the streets and like beating the shit out of cops and stuff. Yeah, they're like blocking borders and, and cities. Uh, I and I saw a couple people made tanks out of their tractors and shit. Dope. And uh yeah, but they're but they're like it's interesting. They're fighting it, it got it got basically set to the point where uh a but you know why the small anything but a mega farm is not financially viable. But the re- yeah, it's hard because the reason they're doing it is to prevent climate change. Right. But and that's the why I believe because is that, I, that that's not the correct direction though. Well, I had to see it on Twitter because I haven't the news isn't reporting on no. it. No, because I think it it's it's a catching. Well, yeah, it's it's <laughs> well, it's outside. It's of the, the trucker protest, but better. <laughs> yeah, so I feel for small business, obviously. Yeah, you know, I was closed for nearly two years um, because I was in the service industry during the pandemic. You know, and. Um, so I feel for you, um, but I'm going to die of a climate emergency. Like literally my job. Oh, like, certainly. We're going to die. Certainly. Like, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm so split. <laughs> I, I'm not very split on this type of issue because it's like, you got to look at priorities. Like, what are you going to die of first? It's like, 
air or starvation it's like oxygen water food uh, i guess i'll like, die of starvation and before then like I die of co2 poisoning right so which like that's picking between getting kicked in the face or kicked in the balls it's like i guess face like you just described politics <laughs> yeah uh, there's n- there's nothing but ki- face or balls. Like there's no high five. There's no handshake. There's That's no the the sh- the. I was gonna say shrugging doctor. The uh, alcohol beyond this point shirt of the week. Face or balls. <laughs> <laughs> face or balls, and it's like a Democrat and Republican. No, it's me and you. Oh. And you have to pick which is which. <laughs> face or balls. <laughs> there's a political cartoon there. Somebody somebody draw that. Uh, but yeah, so this EPA ruling that's handed down is effectively. Um, in its in the precedent, not in necessarily exactly what it's doing in this case, because it's weirdly a case about a regulation that no longer exists. Okay, which says a lot that the Supreme Court pulled it out of the garbage bin and is like, we're going to rule on this, which oh. means they have a specific agenda okay. in their ruling, and because the regulation that they ruled against doesn't even exist anymore. So I'm not very because fun fact. Yep, the regulation had a carbon target. I think it was a carbon target or emissions target or whatever, or maybe a warming target. Uh, whatever the target was, it's already been surpassed. Perfect. So it's null, which I think is just depressing as fuck. So that's great. But it's effectively going to neuter the ability of any federal agency that like does any you know reasonable day-to-day kind of regulation. So like the EPA are like, oh, you can't poison that river because that's violating you know people are gonna die over there and that's like reasonably in the purview of the epa whatever when it was created in the spirit of it didn't we, trump get rid we of all can that? do that so didn't he what didn't he get rid of all their powers he tried uh so this is next up so yeah. basically it's saying that like um any like quote-unquote like significant impact to like the economy i don't know what the fucking wording was i've it's been a couple days since i read it um if the EPA wants to make a ruling on, like, let's say, carbon, and the their mandate is to uh, preserve clean air, and they're like, okay, well, the number one threat for air is this, so we can we have the ability to rule this. Uh, they uh, the Supreme Court basically said, no, you cannot without passing it through Congress if it's of this significance or scale. And Congress notoriously is does nothing is deadlocked so so it's effectively saying you can do nothing and neither will congress perfect and and the u.s and the u.s military are like in the top world's polluters right so it kills the entire earth just because they're stubborn and they're trying to do it faster like it uh so it's this covers like the epa this covers the fda this covers a bunch of agencies that i mean bastards in their own right oh Mother, for sure motherfuckers all of them like but this makes them worse so here's the thing is like i'm as anti-government as anyone can be and but i believe in the non-aggression principle you believe in the cfa <laughs> i believe in the non-aggression principle that you can't hurt someone unless they hurt you first right and polluting directly hurts other people right if there was a plant that was, I mean, this. there's a lot of American towns and whatever, small cities that can, or fucking big cities, mostly black neighborhoods that can attest to this. If there's like a specific plant or industry or like something happening in my town that was like directly compromising the groundwater and it was like, now we have to start shipping in water. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. Right. So no like, one gives a fuck. Yeah. There's Michigan, there's West Virginia with like the fucking pollution from the coal. 
West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. How's no. it go? Mountain Mama. Yeah, I was listening. Take me home. Country. To the place <laughs> where I belong. Where? West Virginia. <laughs> you still peaked. My it. Uh, my roommates in uh, New Zealand, so we can be loud again. I moved the mic as far as it possibly <laughs> could get away from me. Hold on. West Virginia. Okay, that was actually like a normal wave. That's okay, I ran across the room and then screamed as loud as I could. So. That's pretty good. <laughs> so if I had a place like this poisoning my fucking town, I'm not saying I would, but I'm not saying that I certainly wouldn't, uh, like, burn it down. Did you see that uh, this Chinese guy, this uh, Chinese farmer who was illiterate? Yeah. The big company was, like, poisoning his lake. So he went to he went to the library every day and like didn't have money to check out books, but he like worked in the library so they would let him read books. Uh, taught himself law, went through like law school, sued the company and won. Yeah, and got reparations after like eighteen years or something. I don't think he went through law school. I think he just like taught himself law and then yeah. sued them. Okay, something like that. But like that's men guys posting their W's. Yeah, basically, and I think like. Yeah, this stuff would regulate itself, but I think the, at the point that the town has to march down the road and burn down the factory that half the town works at, and it's like now it becomes like a civil dispute, it, that's gone too far. Like, they shouldn't have been able to do that in the first place. You've already ruined the water. You're not going to unruin the water. You're not going to unfuck the groundwater. Like, it's there's certain things that it's not like, oh, well, it'll work itself out. It's like, well, the free market principles don't necessarily work when the damage takes five years and the repair takes a hundred. Well, so, yeah, it, it the free market, I'm a believer in the free market, but ought, like... There needs to be guardrails. Yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, like there needs to be guardrails because there's bad no, motherfuckers see, out there. Like, look at like, see Koch brothers. Okay, but then who's putting up the guardrails? The U.S. government? You know who's <laughs> the largest polluter in the world? Yeah, the U.S. US government. government. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know... They're fucking lecturing me on carbon emissions. They're like, do what I say, not what I do. The U.S. military pollutes more than my country does 300 times over. Yeah. And I'm getting lectured on carbon emissions. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Like, first thing I thought about when I thought about this, like, Dutch, um, this Dutch protest. protest. I'm like, you cut the U.S. military defense spending. Actually, maybe just don't expand it. You've, <laughs> you've wiped out 100 years of what that law is going to accomplish. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like, just don't send that hundred and fifty-five billion to the Ukraine. Yeah. Um, you've just wiped out, you know, a hundred years of that progress. But no one, maybe two hundred years. Even fucking AOC is voting to expand the fucking. Yeah, they're all motherfuckers. Do you see? Um, before we transition here, do you see? Uh, it's going viral on Twitter right now. I'll send you it. Uh, someone photoshopped AOC with uh, blonde hair and blue eyes, and then everyone's <laughs> like, "Wait a minute here." Um, this changes everything. And then someone retweeted it being like, you people would fuck a pig if it had blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> anyway, we're going to transition here into the last segment that we call tip of the week. Um, I have, I used the, I need to, maybe I'll, I will do it by this, this episode, but I, I, so I have the little in music intro for this segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was catching YouTube's, um, copyright auto copyright ban. Yeah. Um, 
So I pitch shifted up. It still caught it. I pitch shifted it down. It still caught it. So okay. I think I just have to remake the entire thing, which is like hours of work. And I, I don't have time in my, in the busy season to do it. So it's on my list, but, um, so there's no intro today. Fuck you. Um, I thought you'd like the listener. I do like the listener. No, I don't like YouTube's auto copyright system. Oh. It's transformative in nature. I was saying tip of the tip of the morning, tip of the morning, tip of the morning over the Kendrick song. And then it's like, this is a Kendrick song. You you can't get any ad money. And I'm like, I this isn't a Kendrick song. It's transformative in nature. Also, I don't have any ad money. <laughs> also, I don't have any ad money. <laughs> just demonetize everything just in well, advance. I don't want to like preemptively demonetize my channel. <laughs> so, Fair. Um, I actually, I have the, I think I have, I have a two of three things that we need to qualify for monetization. Okay. I think it's a subscriber count. I have like watch minutes and another one. Sure. Is this, I need more subscribers. So subscribe to us on uh, youtube.com slash vote willows. Please. Um, anyway, this is the last segment that we have here called tip of the morning where me and Tyler give you life or business tips that we are currently going through in life and or business. Um, so my tip comes from a story, quick story here today. So it was supposed to thunderstorm today. Uh huh. I don't know if it's held off or like what it rained for like 45 minutes there. And then now we're fine. It looks like, but, um, anyway, so one of my, we were going to farmer's markets today. So I was driving to one of them and my employee was driving to another and the other one got canceled like an hour before it was supposed to happen. And my employee had already left. So if uh, you're familiar with labor law in Manitoba, if uh, somebody comes into work and then they get sent home for whatever reason, you have to pay them three hours okay. just for coming in. Right. Because that's whatever. That's the law. So you can't just like have someone come in and be like, oh, we don't need you and send you home. Right. So it's, you have to pay them minimum three hours. So that's like 45 bucks. I just fucking threw down the drain because I had them come in. They packed up, went to the market and then it got canceled like an hour before. Like if you canceled morning of fine, but like fuck off. Right. Yeah. That sucks. So I, I, I was mad, but then I'm like, okay, if they're canceling because it's about to fucking thunderstorm and tornado warning, should I go to my market? And I was considering not doing it for a second. And then it was funny because I, my partner called me. He's like, uh, South Osborne markets texting us right now. Like the business phone being like, we're canceled. Cause I'm driving. So I didn't see this email that came in. But I'm in traffic. Uh, there was like construction where I'm driving. So I'm like pissed off at this. And then he calls me. He's like, the market's canceled. I'm like, fuck. So I was just like in a terrible mood. And I'm like, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to fucking home. Because it's going to pour rain. There's going to be no sales. And there's a fuck, fuck this shit. Right. But calmer heads prevailed. And I went to the event. And I actually, this was my busiest Wednesday that I've had there this year so far. Nice. And we got sent home 15 minutes early because it started raining and they're like, okay, I want you to pack up before it gets bad. And they sent us home, but I actually did better there than I've done there all year. Hmm. So my tip of the week, I think I've probably said something to this effect before, but this is how I built my business is showing up every single day. I think you've mentioned this. Yes. It's, it's always relevant. 
because I have an, every time I have like a new perspective on the same tips, it's like, Oh, this, these are solid tips. This is how I built my business is that I remember like doing events where it was like slow. And then the organizer would like come around and be like, Oh, you guys can pack up if you want. And then the guy beside me would be like, Oh, my boss wouldn't let me pack up. So I'm staying here. He's like, you're lucky though. You can just pack up and leave. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay too. Yeah, I, I, I'm my boss and I'm not going to let me pack up. Yeah, because I think putting because in it, consistent yeah. effort every single day is significantly more important than having good talent. Yeah. Because I'm not good at it. I was like trying to think about like what would I do if I wasn't doing this? And I'm not passionate about anything. <laughs> I don't. Fair. I don't like anything. I, I, like, I, I feel am, like I'm apathetic about virtually everything. I There's like nothing I'm good at, nothing I like, but just showing up every day and doing it has worked wonders for myself and my business. I was joking with your father the other day of course uh, you about, were. uh, he was talking about, uh, your uncle who was a war, I know war or sorry, not his uncle who was a war veteran, right? It was in the Navy and his was like, father? yeah, no, was it his father? Well, it was his father. Like his, yeah. his tour, his tour to Japan was canceled because like the bombs dropped. Yeah. And we're talking about like that. And how, then the how, ship that got set instead of his got sunk. Yeah. I have his uh, ship on the wall in my room. Yeah, was killed by a kamikaze pilot. Or uh, one well, of my the, grandfather wasn't one of one of their crew members was. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, I'm talking about like the significance of that. He's like, and then your dad just said, he's like, I don't think I could ever pick up like a gun and you know go fight. And I'm like, you know what? I think I probably could. And he's like, and then he just like, I don't think Willows could. And I'm like, no, Willows would be tending bar. <laughs> and then he just kind of laughed. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, we've gone over this multiple times. And I'm like, when the apocalypse happens, we've like, we've said to Willows, like, what's your useful skill? Are you going to build a house? You're going to, you're going to fucking, you know, grow some wheat. You're going to, you know, be the mayor. He's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tend fucking bar because going, because even... drinking's not going out of goddamn no. style. And that, and that was actually you that said that. Probably where, because we were having a conversation, the four of us on our mastermind yeah. about like jail was trying to learn more like post-apocalypse skills. Like, Cause yeah. I'm, I'm learning gardening. I'm learning all this. And you're like, I can build a house, all this shit. Mitch can survive and hunt and stuff. And everyone's like, Oh, Willows can't do fucking anything. And then you said the next day, you're like, I was thinking about it. It's like, somebody's got to fucking keep this all together. Like somebody's got a 10 bar. Literally. Like <laughs> somebody's got to pour the pints after the war. Yeah. And like and during yeah, the war, well, you play fallout. There's fucking bars everywhere. Like Absolutely. it's not going away. I know how to make alcohol. I know how to serve alcohol and I know how to make like a good, yeah. <laughs> like I'm good with people. I'm good Certainly. with talking. It's so like, nothing you know, has to ever change. No, <laughs> nothing ever has to change. So that's, that's, uh, that's funny actually that, uh, well, actually, that was one of our first episodes of this podcast. Yeah, was would we join the military if we got conscripted? Like, if we were forced to go, would we go? Yeah, that was like what, I think like third or fourth episode. I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was why, in, did we, why did we talk about that? I don't remember, but it was in your office. I hundred percent. Okay, yeah. cool, nice. Don't go back and listen to that because it was before we had microphones. We were just like recording on my phone. We'll just like you know what we're gonna do eventually with our mics we're just gonna like shittily re-record remake stuff. it word for word read yeah. off scripts so. <laughs> it'll sound bad no inflection no tone <laughs> anyway give us your tip of the week tip, tip of, of the, the morning. tip of the morning uh i think current success and is is kind of two things so one uh update on the hiring uh so we did a hire off of the interwebs and uh like just was an indeed ad uh, like whatever promoted i guess you kind of have to sponsor everything on indeed it's expensive but we got a good hire yeah we just use like face 
Facebook usually. Yeah, we did too, but we need we needed the extra boost. I mean, we yeah, we fair. get we've got an well, interest and in stuff. You spend like what a hundred bucks promoting a fucking ad. Uh, it's, ours is fifteen hundred a month. Really? Yeah, that's a lot. Well, we gotta we gotta pay hard, pay a lot, push hard. Like it's it's a daily rate. I get, it, but it, like, it's a okay, per, no, it's a per my, applicant rate. My my point was gonna be how much money do you lose not having that employee? More than that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, anyways, we we got this like fifteen hundred dollar a month add up. And within the first week, we got a resume, which resulted in a hire, which I started yesterday, or sorry, day before. And yeah, fucking great guy. Like, I don't know what his longevity is going to look like, but um, he's got a little bit of relevant experience, but has, weirdly enough, a background in like uh, marketing and business development. Sound familiar? Uh, Wait. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was like did athletics. Was a coach. Uh, went to like CMU. I went to Mennonite High School. Like we have so much in common. Me and this fucking guy is weird. Does he have a bad haircut? Uh, no, he's got okay. a good beard. So he's not like you. No. Okay. <laughs> got uh, him. Sure. So he's 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 been great. So- <laughs> he's been great so far, and already is like alleviating a lot of the kind of schedule stresses we've had. He's alleviating you. Yes. Um, and it's it's been great. It's just kind of one of those things where you you get in your head about like hiring and how hard it's going to be and like yeah. how bad it's going to be. I hate hiring. And you're like, should we hire somebody or should we like go look for more work first? Like I talked about this kind of paradox before, and yeah. So hiring update: new guy came in, he was great, and we got another. Since we hired him, we've got another twenty applicants to sift through. There's probably cool. got to be at least one good one in there. So I got to tell you a hiring story. I can't tell us on camera. Okay. Because I don't want to flamer. Fair enough. Uh, so part two would be um i've just literally out of fucking thin air and i gotta take full credit for this because um so business partner does not like this one type of product we're working with it's like it's a very niche thing it's a new thing it's a premium product and it's uh, a lot of people don't like working with it because short story it just explodes all the time when you're trying to machine it and cut it like it just fucking Mood. breaks like it just explodes it's like you're imagine there's like a pizza that came out on and it's like delicious the best pizza you've had but like 40 percent of the time when you put it in your oven it starts on fire and you need to replace your oven and like detonates i would be like the only customer for that yeah like i like the thrill (laughs) yeah exactly but it's like each pizza costs you two thousand dollars gold leaf pizza so (laughs) it's that level of product like it's it's incredible as like for the user experience it looks beautiful what is this it's extremely resilient yeah it's it's a new type of porcelain and explodes it's it's so hard like me it's so (laughs) hard that uh like just the process of machining it don't go to tylershard.com yeah hacker's hard (gasps) oh just just handling it like what do you like it yeah it's pretty good we we didn't even talk about it give me the rest and drink your beer is what i was gonna say i'm not finishing this well okay split it so that this material this material is so ridiculous that like literally we picked it up off of a rack once and it just like exploded in our hands (laughs) who pays for that uh the manufacturer was it a rona no well how'd you pick it up off a rack no no like a transportation rack like it's, oh, it's, it okay. was ours Sorry, i was immediately thinking like shelving you in a rona <laughs> no picking it off the no, wall no, this is off okay, right, this right. is off the back of a truck okay, okay, okay uh 
Yeah, so we we picked it up and we're just carrying it and just like we're halfway to our destination between like the truck and the house and it just bang blows up and just like falls to pieces in our hands. We're like, what the fuck? And this is like when it blo- when it breaks apart, it's like it's like broken glass in your hands. It's super dangerous. Kind of like you broke a wine glass the other day. Yeah, that was fantastic. I forgot about that. just like that. I was I edited four podcasts in the day the other day. Um, if you're if you're binging these, you'll notice that. Uh, like five of them were posted within two days of each other after not posting for a month. It's because I'm in my busy season. I don't have time, but I had two days in a row um, that I just edited them all. Yeah. So uh, they're all going up now. (laughs) Yeah, I I broke a glass. Yeah, but you just smashed it. And it was so funny because it's like 10 seconds of Of silence. Nothing. Just like, and I go, huh, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I was soaking wet. And you're covered in wine. And glass, but no blood. And it it looks like, because your hand is red. Yeah. So I'm like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, your hand's cut. And you're like, no, it's just like fine. And it's just like, that was the weirdest thing. So when I was editing it, you can see on YouTube, I zoomed in on the on the cup going. Well, that's, it happened. That's but it's, brilliant. Uh, fuck it. That was so wild. Anyway, so you did the same thing with fucking Tile. porcelain for some yeah, reason. No, it, it happens all the time. Uh, <laughs> Around you, maybe. So... The the thing is, it's a brilliant product, and for um, for reference, this is like anybody that knows things about stone stuff. Uh, you probably heard of quartz, like quartz countertops, right? Quartz watches. Most people heard of quartz, granite, marble, whatever. It's, it's up there. So this is from the company that invented quartz. Seiko. No. Uh, so they. That's a poll for your watch enthusiasts out there. Oh, that quartz, sure. Um, so they so invented, invented quartz. Quartz movements in watches. I know. Put mechanical movements out of business hours. Actually, I didn't know that. But... And the founder of Seiko on his deathbed, or I don't think it was on his deathbed, like later in life, he wanted to get into watches because of all the Swiss watchmakers that he admired. Yeah. He put all of them out of business by inventing quartz. Oops. Because it was more accurate than mechanical yeah. watches. Mechanical watches are like... Not great. Not great for accuracy. They're more... Now you buy them because they're... Jewel, like they're fun to have they're jewelry yeah. they're cool but quartz are cheaper to make and much more accurate and the yeah the founder of seiko wanted to get into watch me he's japanese and he lo- envied these swiss watchmakers and he um put them all out of business because of uh because of his invention uh to the point where mechanical uh like mechanical watches almost just were gone so did he express regret for that? He re- yeah, like when he was older, he expressed yeah. extreme regret. Apparently, yeah, he destroyed the the, the entire the, the art of it. Yeah, um, and I believe if I have my timelines, um, I don't think it was Tag. It was another. It was Tissot, I think, or another comp. Some Swiss company. Um, they actually because everyone who made mechanical watches and automatic watches went out of business and. They actually destroyed all the blueprints and everything, and they just like yeah. And uh, it was some fired employee that had that stole blueprints from the company, uh, like had it in his attic, and he saved mechanical watches. I feel like that's gonna happen with some of the shit I have. That my, was like a real in my, thing in my Dropbox. Don't talk to me about what's in my Dropbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, sorry. This this yeah. Anyways, this this is a weird product, and it's super desirable. So for reference, uh. Where we live, it's currently 10% of this manufacturer's uh, sales. In Europe, it's more—it's about half. 
Oh, okay. So it's it's okay, an, so it's an company, unrealized it's an unrealized market. Okay, so the company that makes this, they sell a bunch of other other different kinds of tiles and stuff. Yeah. And in Canada, ninety percent of their business is regular tiles, ten percent is this. But yeah. in Europe you're saying it's half 50, and 50. Half. Yeah. So what you're saying is that forty percent that growth could be yours. Yeah, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Just in this province. Because you're the only people that want to work with it? Exactly. I remember you were saying like yeah. they're actually like reaching out to you, right? And being yeah. like so because you broke something and they're like, We'll cover it. Yeah. Because they want to keep you happy. Well no, we did a we did a demo day with them because they were just trying to get installers to be interested in it. Yeah. And we just like showed up and they gave us some product to fuck around with. And yeah. I I already liked it and I liked the pitch and I liked the product. But um basically they burned through all their installers. Uh long story short, it was actually it's long yeah, really, really long story short. It's the <laughs> fault of the um the regional manager that takes care of distribution for the prairies, he's been giving the wrong information to fabricators okay. since the beginning, for 10 years. Okay. He's been advising them incorrectly, and because of this wrong advice, it's been getting machined incorrectly, and it's been getting oh, fucking and broken all the time. Oh, and that's never grown? Right. Because so, of this one... And they're like, why isn't this growing? So out of, it's yeah. this, holy shit. So kill of, that guy, right? So out of a... Exactly. In Minecraft. He probably will be killed in, in Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> so out of like a hundred fabricators in the city, there's one left that works with it and that? they don't even like it. And now they're giving all their shit to us, but there is a consumer demand for the product because it's great. So they have a massive backlog of this product and like not even a business partner like, likes working with this shit, but I get a lot of satisfaction out of it because I'm like, I'm this one, I'm the one motherfucker in <laughs> the prairies that, that can do this. And I kind of enjoy it because like, I, I understand it. I get what's going on. And I understand the pitfalls, and there's no downside for me because if it goes wrong, I just blame the manufacturer. <laughs> so you so, built it wrong, idiot. Literally. So they're reformulating the product. It's going to be re-released this summer, but they're they have so much ground to make up. They're not going to be able to regain that market for another five to ten years. Like you, you cannot have ten years of damage be undone quickly. But in the meantime, in that like reformulation and come up as it becomes better and like everything else but also still an excellent product with all this demand. I have like to customers, to designers, to architects, to fabricators, everywhere along the road, people are like, man, this stuff is crazy. Like it's so hard to work with. I'll walk in with a big smile on my face. But like, you know what? I fucking love this stuff. And this is why I love it. And like, I'll just start, I'll just swing right into my sales pitch about why I think it's so awesome. And they're like, well, oh, I heard it was like, it's really expensive for this. It's hard for that. And like the fabricators are complaining about this. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have that problem because you know what? I do shit differently. And because of that, it's just like, it's fucking snowballing. In the last uh, two weeks, we had uh, probably the largest or second largest stone and countertop fabricator in the province contact us because they were they were struggling with this. They sold the project. They didn't want to bail out. They heard through the manufacturer, the same guy that was, you know, giving bad advice, knows that we handle this shit, gives, gives us the referral. And now we get this, uh, now we get a direct plug to this, you know, eight-figure, nine-figure company that's doing extreme volumes, has all this demand, but they don't know how to deal with it. Now they're like, please, whatever. They're like, we need this done yesterday. Like, can you do this in the next seven days? We're like, seven weeks. They're like, okay. They want it that bad. So what's your tip? Pick a fucking thing. <laughs> like, for me, this it's such a weird analogy because, like, I don't know if there's a lot of parallels, but... I saw potential in this product and I have not, this is like, I'm treating it like it's my own, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I saw potential in this product and I'm like, okay, here's some promise in it. And it's backed by a company that has massive credibility, like decades of credibility. And there's a, there's a good concept here and I really, really like it. And I know how to work with it and know how to do this. I am going to make, I like, I see the market opportunity when I, when I heard that 50, 50 in Europe thing and the 90, 10 in Manitoba thing or in Canada thing. And I'm like, there's a massive unrealized opportunity here. And there's actually, now I've heard firsthand, there's a business in Montreal, and granted, Montreal's a big city, but they do the equivalent of $200,000 every 24 hours in this product. They're just an installer. $200,000 every 24 hours, and they have a company of 36 people? It's like $700 million a year. Yeah. That's all they do. They run 18 hours a day. Two hundred, two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. Seven hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, seems high. Yeah, they do ten to fifteen thousand square feet a day, at twenty dollars a foot. Yeah, it's it's there. Trust me, because they're making a markup on the product, so they make about half of that on the retail, and they make about half of that on the labor and the install. 36 people working 18 hours a day. It works. Um, yeah, it's, it's fucking insane. Like the, it's insane productivity and they work exclusively in this product. And this is something that's failing in this city. It's like, there's gotta be somewhere in between where there's a niche. So like you were explaining about your canning line, there's a specific type of machine that I would need. That's, you know, northward of $500,000 that would allow me to completely bring all of this in house then and you, just capture this and market. And you would be the only one. Yeah. So in theory, that 40% difference between the 10%, 90%, Europe 50-50, that difference could all be yours in yeah. theory. Yeah, it is It is an unrealized market. And this, so is, tip is, this is business 101. And find your yeah. unrealized market and exploit it. And just sink your fucking teeth into it. Like you, yeah. just, like you just explained to me about the canning line, like how you can't just switch between fat and skinny cans. Yeah. That's the equivalent challenge of this where all the fabricators out there that are capable and have the machinery to do this are all tooled for fat cans. I can be tooled for skinny cans. He's talking to me like I'm yeah. an idiot, which and, I, I appreciate. And the retooling <laughs> is not that hard. It might not even be that expensive, but it's very time consuming. And if you're doing like 80% fat cans, 20% skinny cans, but it, no but it takes you six hours to retool your machine. Yeah, there's no point. No, you're not going to. Yeah. And that's the market that I'm looking at. Okay. And it's also going to serve a bunch of other purposes of ours. So it's like investing in a million dollar machine might be down the road sooner rather than later just because of this random thing i spent one afternoon and got excited about a product <laughs> and just like against all reasonable judgment have been really enthusiastic about a product that everybody hates and uh designers and customers whatever like you know what maybe we need to give this a second chance and it's like i'm like this weird little fucking wedge and i'm just trying to push this and long story short they should cut me a really big check but um, you said yeah. long story short and then went on to tell a 28 minute No, story. that's I say that, but I don't mean it. You know what else I say and don't mean? Don't listen to don't more. Don't not subscribe. Do, don't not subscribe. Uh, <laughs> that's I think a my, triple name. I have a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for listening to Alcobie on this point. Uh, we appreciate it. Willows and Tyler are here today. Um, we can subscribe to I'm literally having a stroke I'm not even kidding Strong. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast um, I'll go on beyond this point 
com has all the information that you need. <laughs> He's gonna cut that out. We don't have a dot com. Alcohol beyond this point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.